need to call me back. I'm just reaching out to see if I could be of service anyway, lend an ear, lend my heart. I'm so sorry. The fucking wheel of time. It will eventually roll over us, and it's just surreal. Especially when someone, like your mom's boyfriend, who's in peak physical condition. Anyways, love you, I'm here if you need to talk. Now that's how to do a condolence call. My name is Nancy Hauer, and this is my number one. We just can't face it. Right. And, and I remember hearing something about like all art is like reaction to that. To like death. we're trying, yeah, we're trying to sort of make our mark and like make this lasting thing mm-hmm. that, you know, be, that we have this deep denial that it's like it's not going to happen to us. I wanted to do a story about depression and holidays. Sunday night, depressive time of year. Yeah. It's the silly season. And ways to alleviate depression. This machine of Christmas combined with like getting gifts and family members sending stuff for my kids and separating it and wrapping yeah. it up. I'm like And I got a recommendation from healer Joy Carroll to try out a sound healer named Karen Awad. Because she oh. just she just washes down that aura. She tunes it out of you. Yeah. And so I texted Karen and I gathered up all my stuff. But as I was doing that, I got a call from my mother and she told me that her boyfriend of five years, Alan Collins, had come down with pneumonia and was in the hospital. And I was so shaken by it. I just got here and realized I forgot all of my equipment, my recording equipment. I'm so scattered. Wow, that sucks. So I grabbed my iPhone to do the recording and I went in for a much needed healing. Come on in, we're gonna go this way. This way. Karen does many things, but her main speciality is something called biofield tuning. I believe it was Carolyn Mace who first coined that phrase in one of her books. Your biography is your biology, (laughs) meaning that all of your life experiences are in your physiology and that's the principle of biofield tuning. And as we did this interview about keeping our energy moving, I was completely stuck thinking about Alan. So it's, it's fascinating when you can stop and look at your life and step back and, and say, okay, everything is energy. Every thought, every emotion. If the energy is moving and flowing, and I understand what that means for my life, you're fully empowered. But what happens is so much of our patterns are buried. Mm-hmm. and we're unconscious to them. But I also had this, probably now looking back on an unhealthy point where I was like, I need to stop crying about this. Mm-hmm. and didn't allow myself to um, naturally stop. Like yeah. there was a conscious choice of like, I'm gonna pull it together now yes. and stop. And I think that's when, you know, suppression started happening. And now even, you know, what are we like 15 mm-hmm. years later? Mm-hmm. Uh, it will leak out. Before I started my session with Karen, I told her about Alan, and she insisted we start with a prayer for him. And when she turned around, she had tears in her eyes and said, some souls cannot handle a long illness. They'll pass very quickly. 
she was right. Mm -hmm. I remember when my cousin that was young, like 40 years old, he died of a heart attack suddenly and my dad was, was ready to just go down to yeah. Tennessee where they were and just like dump our emotions all on everybody. But I was like, that's not our job when we go down there. Our job is to be that sort of beacon of like, you guys will get through this because we got through this. Right. We have to build a new neural network in your brain with a new story and we have to unearth the buried emotions. Alan was just 88 years young when he passed with the heart of a teenager. I saw him two weeks prior and he was working out three hours a day. He had joined a new club founded by Tom Brady and was determined to get in the best shape of his life. Sadness is about what didn't happen that was supposed to. Mm. What makes me angriest is that my mom keeps wanting to talk through events and find some fault in somebody, whether it's the hospital or herself, or to go, then a different outcome could be had. I was told that as he lay dying in the hospital, he ate a turkey sandwich and told stories to his large family. The doctors kept warning us that the situation was dire, but none of us could believe it. Anger is about what did happen that was not supposed to. He didn't die mad at anybody. He walked through the world very easily and very cleanly. And my mom is just mad at him for leaving. My mother met Alan in her apartment building just five years ago, and it was a storybook romance. They've been together almost every day since. I've never seen them fight. I've never seen Alan have a down day. Fears, of course, what could happen. I started having panic attacks a couple of years ago. It was because I kept thinking about death. And sorrow, interestingly enough, is what can never happen. My mother and Alan went out almost every night of the week. They had plans to go to Sarasota for the winter, and then summer in Nantucket and Cape Cod. I wish I had asked his advice, because that kind of thing made him feel really good, and he had great experiences and stories to talk about. And I wished I had asked him about that more. One of the things that I love to work with my clients who are dealing with sadness and depression on is forgiveness. But I have a different definition of forgiveness. Forgiveness for me is letting go of the hope that the past can be any different. I just feel selfish. I'm like, well, I just want more of what I had. And the truth is I had a lot. But when you think about that, you can't go back. No. And it keeps us all bottled up. So we keep ourselves in pain. And I have come to appreciate that we keep ourselves in pain because we keep our feelings buried alive. When we started the healing, she put me on a massage table. So as I hit a certain heaviness there, I'm actually gonna switch up to the bowls for a little bit. She used a tuning fork on my feet to ground my energy and then took me through a guided meditation. She put ancient Tibetan singing bowls on a rack over my body, and when she played them, it vibrated a rich, deep tone. And what happens is you get this loop, and then your future becomes your past, even though you're in the present, because you can't let go of the past because everything is still stuck there. And just like that, 
was formless, shrunk to microscopic size on a fantastic voyage through my body. And so if I'm not here and this is six feet out and I think this, because I've been doing this for so long, I can, oh, this feels like, oh, a lot of grief, a lot of sadness unexpressed. I could feel my heartbeat. I could feel my blood racing through my veins. Start to and I'll be like, oh, this is anger. At times, some of the sounds were irritating to me. Because all that sadness is stuck in you. I felt a tightness in my chest. Well, sadness is the emotion of the lungs. There's a correlation with organs and emotions. The liver is anger, the kidneys are fear. I wanted to stop the guided meditation and just float away on the sound. And when we were done, I felt so good, I almost felt guilty about it considering what had just happened. And then I got in my car and I burst into tears. All of your life experiences are in your physiology and that's the principle of biofield tuning. So every time you have some trauma, it's causing a different biological issue that might come up later if it, you don't deal with it correct it's contributing it is a variable it's not okay. the only variable because there is a physical there's component. dna and there's, there's dna mm -hmm. there's things called sleep there's things called uh, food and, and environment mm -hmm. you know if you're breathing in asbestos that's going to cause lung problems right right <laughs> regardless of your biography when i got home i was met with so many friends reaching out to help ease the grieving process i advocate don't grieve and don't get into situations where you need to grieve i would say avoid grief listen i've spent a lifetime <laughs> taking that note my friend bridget had just dealt with her father's passing and it brought up feelings of her own mortality maybe feeling extremely tethered mm -hmm. to the world extremely tied to the earth and like what's more the yeah. world than some of your, you know, your kids. So I would look at the kids and go, Bridget, you're gonna die, you're gonna die, you're gonna mm -hmm. die, you're gonna die. And I couldn't bear the idea of leaving them and seeing how it turned out. <laughs> My friend Kirk Ward had his own near-death experience. He just sat down to dinner on a really great day. Flew home, I'm having dinner with my family. And suddenly started to feel really emotional for no reason. I thought I was experiencing, like... Bliss. Yes, bliss. And my daughter, who's nine as miss a beat, says, Daddy, what's wrong? And suddenly, he had an out-of-body experience. It felt like my, my soul just kind of moved to the left. And it was outside of over here, like, I, and, and, and I was, like, in a dream. And I couldn't articulate what was wrong. Wow. And I couldn't talk. And then I was sweating. But you don't realize even when, like, things are going great. Yeah. The stress your body's going through. And then I talked to my friend Brandon O'Neill about a very old and deep wound when his brother was murdered 15 years ago. And now, even, you know, what are we, like, 15 mm -hmm. years later, mm -hmm. 
um, it will leak out where it's mm -hmm. that right. thing of like mm -hmm. seeing some greeting card commercial or like right. you know hearing some song from yeah. 1992 and it's yeah and the truth is I'm not sure I would have had these conversations had I not just been to see Karen I felt kind of open to have deep discussions about death and the thing is is that when you're able to understand yourself more you get connections and clarity so much faster and easier it's really hard to believe that sound could have that kind of an effect on me well Thomas Jefferson said without health there can be no happiness but then if you look to science you see they're using it in all kinds of ways but what if we could improve the health and happiness of millions of people around the world who are afflicted with Alzheimer's or Parkinson's disease or benign and malignant tumors of the brain and breast and liver and prostate or arthritis or depression. It sounds like science fiction, Star Wars, but it's not. That potential truly exists today. And it's something called focused ultrasound. Imagine getting your brain scrubbed clean of any kind of plaque or a giant cyst removed without a scalpel. It's happening today with sound alone. So the way focused ultrasound works is analogous to using a magnifying glass to focus beams of light and burn a hole in a leaf. But with focused ultrasound, instead of focusing beams of light, multiple intersecting beams of ultrasound energy are focused on a point deep in the body. Because remember, there's always, you have to go back to, you're a whole being, mentally, emotionally, physically and energetically. So one of the things that I have done that has been extraordinary for my health um, is that I look at all four levels. When something comes up, it could come up emotionally and then I'll look at the physical. It could come up physically and I'll look at, I look at all four layers. What are my thoughts on this subject? What am I feeling around this subject? What is my body telling me on this subject? And oh, I need to go get work done in my field on this in this arena. When I plug in all four layers, that's when I get my shifts. People ask me, why do I do all these healings? I tell them, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not broken. I just want to be in the best possible shape I can be in because I love being alive. Mm. I love being alive. I think every day is so lucky. I feel so lucky and I would go, oh my God, you're so lucky. Look at this luck. Yeah. And I would go, feel very greedy. And when someone dear passes, it reminds me of how lucky I am. My arm hurts, I'm tingly and sweaty, and I'm just gonna lay down. And he goes, that's what animals do when they're gonna die. They go lay down in the corner and he's like, you, I think you're having a heart attack. <laughs> It turns out my friend Kirk Ward did not have a heart attack. He had extreme exhaustion and dehydration from having too good a time in his life. But it was like I was on a spiritual high. I was in bliss. <laughs> I was like, who gets to make a movie and a T in my art business? You have a movie going and a TV show simultaneously. That's yeah. never. Thank you, Kirk. And I hope you get a little bit of rest along with that fun. Um... It's <laughs> Thank you for sharing your stories 
and your grief. Bridget Carpenter. No, no pressure. Totally do your process. And everybody is waiting for you. <laughs> Luckily, I have editing tools. No one will ever hear this. Brendan O'Neill. I remember hearing something about like all art is like reaction to that. To like death. we're trying, yeah, we're trying to sort of make our mark and like make this lasting thing mm-hmm. that you know be, that we have this deep denial that it's like it's not going to happen to us. And biofield healer Karen Awad. And then I can work in accordance with your body energy centers. Thanks for getting rid of some of that stuck, trapped energy. I'm halfway in the field, so right around 25, there's a lot of heavy slodging. Right before that, I noticed a lot of sadness. Oh, well, that's when Uncle Jack died, and I was so busy with work, and I couldn't get to the funeral, and I said, well, it's time to cry. Okay. It's time to cry, because all that sadness is stuck in you. Now, I don't know if Alan believes in reincarnation or not, but I do. And I believe he's already back here with us, and I have no doubt that he will be training for the 2040 Olympics in a few years. Because Alan loved life, and he was meant for living. My name is Nancy Hauer, and this is my number one. For more on Karen Awad, please check the show notes. Enter at your own risk. And if you still don't think sound affects you, try turning on your favorite song and see how it makes you feel. Instead of truth, they're nice if they come true I'd rather just have you, cause I love you Yes I do And maybe we never reach what we dream But the reaching provides a direction to travel in I wouldn't change that you led or what we said Till these chimes are all quiet these socks unraveling cause I'm not ashamed that I love you and I do